What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse, right in the middle of it, or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four-hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse, humiliate, and manipulate you, and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence. How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist is a deep dive, a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch, scare tactics, roller coaster ride, and child's play. It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now here's your host, Christine Hammond. Today we're going to talk about who is the most narcissistic generation. Well, that could be up for debate. Now, back in the day, like baby boomers were touted as being fairly narcissistic. And then my generation, the generation of nothing, which was known as Generation X, was also touted as being fairly narcissistic. Enter millennials. So now millennials are getting a bad rap. It's just their due turn and it just comes and goes. Every generation before you thinking that the one below you is not good enough or not as good as the previous generation. It's ironic that even Benjamin Franklin touted that back in his day. And if we look at all the generations that came after him, surely there were definitely some good ones that were thrown in there. But let's talk about millennials, because they're kind of known right now as being fairly narcissistic. Yet, how did this happen? Well, there was an overindulgence of attention. There was a lot of special treatment for nothing and an excessive emotional tolerance that parents gave their kids. 
And instead of it resulting in a more productive generation, which is what they were hoping for, it resulted in a more apathetic one. So it's a toss-up as to who's more confused about this process. Is it millennials because the world doesn't work the way that they envisioned it should or was told that it should, or other generations because they just don't understand how millennials think? How in the world did this happen? Well, some research has suggested that the lack of severe economic downturn during childhood is to blame. Another hypothesis points fingers at parents who reinforce the idea that their child was so special that they didn't have to adhere to the standards of society, school, rules, whatever it was. And yet others still believe that society is responsible because every child received an award, even when they came in last place. So whatever the cause of this, the traits of narcissism seem to apply to this generation. Of course, we're speaking in very general terms here. Yet, despite the similarities, millennials are not your typical grandiose or covert narcissist. So they're not the two main types that we actually talk about. Rather, they seem to have just traits of narcissism without the full-blown disorder of narcissism. So it is important to note that not every millennial has these narcissistic traits. The purpose of this article is to highlight how the traits of narcissism manifest within the generation and not to blanketly diagnose all of them as such. So here are the symptoms of narcissism rewritten as millennial traits. The first one, a grandiose sense of self-importance. Remember, that's the trait of a narcissist. This is what it looks like for the millennial generation. So this sometimes can manifest in an attitude that millennials don't have to work hard to prove themselves, such as working at low-paying jobs before expecting to rise to the top. Instead, they believe that they can achieve anything without having accomplished even a basic hurdle. And the result is that they don't even try sometimes. Next trait, fantasies of unlimited success. This may be a consequence of substituting video game fantasy, social media status, or media idolatry for harsh reality. In the gaming and media world, there are unlimited possibilities of achievement. But real life takes into account talent, determination, motivation, persistence, environment, and timing. Millennials sometimes prefer the fantasy over reality. So that's how fantasies of unlimited success manifest with millennials. The next is believes that they are special. It's not unusual for a millennial to tote their non-judgmental attitude as evidence of how they are set apart from other generations, particularly mine, and therefore are special. Ironically, by stating that other generations are judgmental, they are actually making a judgment. But this argument is frequently lost on them. And I dare say if you try to give it to them, you'll get tossed back a whole bunch of other stuff from them. So that's the concept that they actually believe that they are special and different from all the other generations. Next, needs excessive admiration. It's really shocking how millennials expect praise for normal responsibilities of adulthood. 
This is known by millennials as adulting, a term I never heard of before until this generation came around. And adulting includes paying bills, signing up for medical insurance, signing up for car insurance, and cooking basic meals. Instead of viewing this as a customary part of being adult, many of them expect admiration for these standard adulting practices. That's the needs excessive admiration. Next, sense of entitlement. Since there is an attitude amongst millennials that the ultimate goal in life is to maintain a constant state of happiness, it is as if they believe that they deserve to be happy all the time and should not be made to do activities that don't bring happiness. Some tout the unhappiness of their parents as an example of what they don't want to be as they age. That's their sense of entitlement. Exploitive of others. While millennials are excellent at not taking advantage of each other, they seem to have no difficulty in taking advantage of their parents. Some don't leave home until their 30s. Others need financial assistance long into adulthood. And still, others expect their parents to bail them out of problems. It is almost as if only those in their generation deserve respect and not other generations. That's the exploitiveness of others. Lack of empathy. The inability to feel empathetic with others translates into relationships that lack true intimacy. This in turn brings a limited desire for making or maintaining a long-term commitment to a partner. Some millennials postpone marriage or partnering well past the psychosocial age. And the psychosocial age is anywhere between 18 to 30 is what we're looking for. And that's when you should find intimacy versus isolation, which is Eric Erickson's eight stages of psychosocial development. Next, envious of others. Hidden beneath the surface of many millennials is a jealousy of others' success. Some even believe that they should have success without any effort or that success comes without struggle, time, persistence, sacrifice, and even pain. Even the slightest amount of discomfort is likely to stall them. That's the enviousness of others. And last, an arrogant attitude. Sadly, many millennials mock other generations and their subsequent decisions, believing that they could do a better job. This arrogance prevents them from learning from the mistakes of others, growing from their own errors, and seeing innovative ways of doing things. So that's the arrogant attitude. Those are all the traits of narcissism and how they apply to the millennial generation. Now, note, not all millennials are going to fit this profile. But when you add narcissism into the mix, this is how it frequently manifests. So this is what it winds up looking like. As with any generation, there is a learning curve. There was with mine, there was with the previous generations, and hopefully they, like my generation, saw the error of our ways, corrected it, and were able to make a more positive impact going forward. My hope in doing this is not to call them out in a negative way, but rather to call them out and encourage them to say, hey, this is not what we want to be known for, and this is not how we want to be viewed, and do something different. Because we do all have the ability to be different and better. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. 
brought to you in part by psychcentral.com. For more information, visit growwithchristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.